Hello friends, welcome to the After Hours Lounge. Uh, welcome back if you are a regular listener. My name is Sandy, I am your host. Um, yeah, super excited to be here for another episode, uh, this time with Mr. Jamie Clements. I've been aware of uh, of Jamie for a little while, uh, as as we'll go on to discuss. Um, he's very much a part of this kind of kind of community um, on Instagram now of of kind of mental health advocates and and people doing various things, but all kind of within that sort of mental health space um, and just encouraging people to to generally be happier. Um, I've been kind of wanting to get Jamie on for a little while, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just haven't asked him up until now. Um, but yeah, really, really, really interesting uh, chat. One of the one of the biggest things actually that surprised me um, about this conversation. The original reason I wanted to get Jamie on is all this work that he's doing at the moment with breath work. Um, so he has his own uh, his own kind of, I suppose, business. You could say. Well, yeah, he said he says in it it is a business, but um, called the Breath Space, uh, where he's you know uh, breath work for emotional health um, and peak performance and and getting into that a little bit. But but actually, it was only sort of the last. 15, 20 minutes of the episode that we, we talked about breathing. The rest of it was just kind of, it, it went down this road of, of discussing, um, you know, men's men's place in, in this modern world we find ourselves in and the, the, the pressures that men, especially, you know, specifically younger, younger men, you know, 20s, early 30s, um, find themselves in and, and, and the pressures of, of being a provider um, and, and having that expectation on top of their heads and, and how unhealthy and how, draining that is for so many men um and it was it was really really interesting especially chatting to jamie because he kind of did the opposite to what what i've done those regular listeners will know um i spent pretty much all of my 20s uh sort of traveling the world and and being a windsurfing instructor um and and not earning very much money but having a very very good time jamie on the other hand took a more traditional route um you know went to university got a, a tech job in london uh, did all that before um I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, but, you know, essentially having a mental breakdown, um, you know, last year. It's funny, we, we actually had 2018-19 uh, were difficult years for the both of us. But again, we, we're both, um, you know, on 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 very different sides um, of, of the way we've spent our, our 20s. But but it's very interesting that we both still have uh, similar experiences with these the weight of the expectations of, of what a man should be. Um, so a super interesting conversation. Um, yeah, thanks so much to Jamie for coming on. It was it was really really fun, um, and hopefully you guys can can get a lot out of it. Um, we did get interrupted a couple of times. Uh, Jamie has just got a new puppy, uh, but she is very cute, so I will forgive her. But yeah, guys, um, I hope you're all good. I hope you're talking to your mates. Remember, it's Movember. You can also donate to my Movember uh, via the link in my bio on Instagram. Please do that. I'm cycling 400 kilometers over the course of the month. Um, and I'm growing a horrible moustache, all in the name of men's mental health and raising awareness. Uh, so yeah, guys, please do that. And uh, yeah, on with the episode. Please do enjoy. Uh, Jamie Clements, another podcaster. We were just talking before uh, before I hit record. Like we, you're you're part of this other this group I've spoken about with a friend Taylor on a previous podcast of like this this group of sort of people on Instagram who are doing all this stuff. And I, I consider myself honoured to be part of it. But you are doing some very cool stuff. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Jamie. Thank you for having me, mate. Yeah, I think we we're, we're saying as well this this sort of group of people who are far too honest on social media or whatever, yeah. whatever that means. I don't think, I don't think there's such thing as being too honest. And I think social media needs more of it, but there's definitely, um, 
sort of a small but very broad group of of people who all sort of slightly know each other a lot of us I think met during lockdown and I've now started actually meeting some of these people in person which is mental so um yeah it's been it's been really cool and yeah lots of interesting people out there that I've had the pleasure to meet yourself now obviously included so I'm delighted to be here yeah I mean uh shout out to Ed uh I need to read he's he's kind of the, we, you said it as well he, he's kind of the reason that we've we've sort of connected I'd say um he you know but it, interesting going back to what you just said there is is that when you kind of got started on on all this kind of mental health stuff and things like that was it was it because of covid and lockdown and stuff that made you be like right i'm i'm actually gonna you know stand up and, and say something about how my how my brain's being horrible to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so an interesting one so i probably started working on the stuff that i work on now so broadly speaking and i'm sure we could go into more depth on it but broadly speaking the podcast um, man down and the breath space which is my breathwork business both of those started around the same time which was middle of 2019 I started really thinking about this stuff thinking about getting it moving getting it started and then around the time that I wanted to launch the podcast was basically when we went into the first lockdown and so it was all ready to go but I actually think, you know, as much as we can try and take positives out of the lockdown, um, especially early on, that really gave me the time, the the space, the the energy, and also the availability of other people. Like no one had an excuse not to speak to me. So it was it was great in terms of actually getting, you know, I could record a few episodes a week around my my day job at the time to say, you know, we, we can do this at six o'clock on a Tuesday, six o'clock on a Wednesday, six o'clock on a Thursday and just crank out episodes. So it was a bit of a blessing in disguise. But yeah, it all was bubbling away in 2019 off the back of my own experiences with my own mental health and um, my own journey with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's funny. I, it's so weird how there's so many parallels. Like, that's exactly the same for me. I actually started the podcast in December 2019. So I'd I I just had a, a really bad time with my my mental health. I quit my job, went self-employed, just decided to completely change the way I live my life. And and from that, I was like, I, I kind of settled on this idea of starting a podcast and, and did that. And then, like you said, as soon as COVID started, you know, I moved back up to Scotland to be with my mum for a couple of months. And I was like, I've got time. No one's got an excuse. Suddenly I found Zoom. So I was like, doesn't matter if people are, you know, in America or thousands of miles away or whatever. I was like, you're... I'm, I'm coming for you. You're going to talk to me whether you like it or not, you know, um, was, I mean, perhaps I'm, I'm just drawing, you know, from my own experiences, but for me, I'd, I, I've, I kind of always struggled with my mental health, but for me, it was end of 2018 and pretty much the whole of 2019 was like the worst time for me. Um, and, and it took, I kind of knew I wanted to do something within mental health. And I was like, what do I want to do? And, and then eventually it took me a while before I settled on, right, a, a podcast is what I want to do. Why, what, what came first for you? Because you've, you said it already, you've got your fingers in a few pies, which was, which was yeah. the first one. What was the, what was the genesis of you starting to do this that, that's led to all the things you're doing now? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. So my, I guess, to draw parallels with what, what you were just chatting about, my sort of rock bottom in a lot of ways was middle middle toward like second half of 2018. Right. And so I, I came to the start of 2019, so Christmas 2019, I was just turning 20, 
god 25 i think yeah i was just turning 25 and i was in the worst place i'd been in like i'd struggled with my mental health for 10 years on and off depression anxiety panic attacks but 2018 i started having panic attacks on a daily basis it was you know taking over my life and that move that carried on into 2019 and started going to therapy started trying lots of different things lots of different bits and pieces to see what might stick i was just like i'll, I'll do anything like i really would would have tried anything and um i'd always had I suppose an interest and this is something that I've only realized recently when I start to look at things that I've done in my past like I've always had an interest in psychology the mind how we think how the brain works but never really saw it as a a, a route of like work at all yeah. like it never even crossed my mind for whatever reason I think I was just quite blinkered in in my sort of school and university life and then in 2019 started sort of sorting my stuff out like working on my my shit and <laughs> saw a lot of, of progress and um it was actually then something that happened or two things that happened in 2019 that pushed me even further into actually wanting to do something with my experience which was i sadly lost a friend of mine to um suicide a friend from school um who i'd known for a very long time in may 2019 um and then i lost my job um in july the start of june end of, end of june 2019 oh. and those two things you know i was going through trying to work on myself and get through a really tough patch myself and then had those two things events happen and sort of flip my life upside down but thanks to a lot of the work that i'd done on myself in that first half of 2019 i was actually able to you know make the best of a very bad situation so i carried on i ended up getting uh three months paid gardening leave because i got let go in quite an unceremonious fashion that actually wasn't too um appreciated and and i probably could have gone down a slightly firmer more official route but i just said that give me a decent amount of cash and i won't won't make it difficult for you um oh, wow. and use use that time to really go further inwards to figure my own stuff out and over this over this period i'd met a lot of really interesting men and women but a lot of interesting guys who are doing stuff in in mental health and masculinity and um making waves in that space and i realized as i went through those experiences especially in losing my friend i realized just how much of being a bloke being a man fed into my struggles and my friend's struggles with mental health and so I was like what if I could speak to some of these people that I've met and yeah. I, I was like I've had amazing conversations with these people that I'd love for other people to be able to hear yeah. and so I was like podcast makes sense podcast was the thing where I was like I can bottle up this this goodness that I'm hearing from these people and actually you know get it on a mass market level well i say mass market but um a slightly wider scale yeah. um and that was i guess the genesis of the podcast and then breathwork was something that i just found through my own journey while i was trying to help myself and it was the one thing that really hit home and really stuck for me yeah yeah that's it's it's so funny like it's it's remarkable that the the people that i talk to you, yourself uh, I mean, Ed, to a certain extent, uh, Taylor from the Waffle Shop podcast, all of it. And it, it's all just like exactly the same experience. And somehow, we, you know, we talk to our friends and all this stuff. Um, and, and we're like, right, let's 
let's try and just get other people to hear this. But another part of it for me, and, and maybe this sounds selfish, but I guess it's interesting for you, but, but um, some, you know, other people have agreed. Like when I started the podcast and, and did a few episodes, as I was doing them, I was like, this is like, this isn't just, I'm doing this to help people. I'm like, I am taking things from this too. Like this is, this is therapy for me. This is self-therapy. You know, yeah, I'm putting it out for other people, but actually I'm, I, this makes me feel better doing this. Is that, is that something that you found as well? 100%. And I think um, it's a really valuable part of it for me. Like I really learned so much about myself, but also just learned so much in general from these people that I looked up to, you know, that initially was just my guest profile was someone that I found interesting, inspiring. So to get to speak to those people on a weekly, bi-weekly basis was really, I think I probably haven't appreciated how much of an impact it had on my own growth and my own development. And also my own, it's it's, not, it's a word that I know Ed hates, but it's the only, the only way you can really describe it is like my network as a result of the podcast has become so amazing and it's opened a lot of doors for me that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. So yeah, I'm very, very grateful for it from like a cathartic therapeutic perspective, as well as more of like a professional wanky LinkedIn perspective as well. (laughs) Yeah. LinkedIn has just destroyed the the word network, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's, it's, it's a terrible, it's a terrible place, unfortunately. And that's a, that's a terrible word, but yeah sometimes you yeah there's no other word for it but let, let's go back to you you mentioned briefly there about you met these people and, and they were you know talking about masculinity and, and being a man today and, and all that stuff because that's something that that fascinates me i i come from a fairly strange perspective um when it comes to this i i didn't go to university i went to australia when i was 18 years old and basically I, i'm 30 now um and i basically spent the last since i was 18 up until two or three years ago, living abroad um, and traveling and, and, and yeah, I suppose you could say doing, doing a lot of fun stuff. So I've not, but, but coming back and, and getting a job for those couple of years, um, I, and still now, I suppose, but I kind of made peace with it, but I just, you feel these enormous society pressures of, I've got to be the alpha. I've got to be earning more money than all my mates. I've got to have a house with more bedrooms. I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And I'm not sure how much girls get that within their society, but I mean, that, that's not something I'm talking about anyway. I want to talk about, about men and, and how they feel, but that's the huge part of the pressure that I've found. But it'd be interesting to talk to you because from what you said, you have been to university. You did have the job in London. You've, you've kind of, I, I don't want to say the other side of the tracks because that makes one of us sound uh, potentially bad, but you, you've got about it a, a, a perhaps a slightly more traditional way. What's, what are those, are those challenges still something that you've thought about? Definitely. And I think um, you're absolutely traditional is the right word. You know, in my life up until the start of um, start of 2019 was probably about as textbook and as traditional as you could get for someone who's white and middle class. I, I <laughs> went to a decent school. I did well in my exams, you know, I went to a decent uni, I got a good degree, I got a decent job and I did that for the next five, six years before I found myself at the point I found myself in. And I think that came from a, you know, I think when I was in it, it wasn't so much a case of, I, I didn't know any different, yeah. I guess, is, is the the point. I didn't actually feel like there was another option. I was going through the motions of what I thought was to be a good 
person, quote unquote, to kind of attract to success, whatever that means. And I think that's maybe a big part of it when it comes to, and I think this is genderless to a degree, like when it comes to patriarchy, which I know is a triggering word for some people, when it comes to, you know, a male privileged society, um, a lot of the emphasis is on success by financial means and success through exertion of power over others yeah. rather than kind of this idea of abundance and every, there being enough for everybody and everybody being able to do what they want and be who they are authentically it's about okay you need to go and make as much money as you can as quickly as you can um have a family settle down you know do x y and z just jump through hoops and i think yeah. it's so limiting and it was something i was actually speaking about this morning to come back to i guess girls and women is that there's this concept of superwoman syndrome, which is because of the way our society is structured, women feel like they have to conform to what is a highly masculine environment in order to succeed. So we see men and women falling into what might be described as like toxic masculinity in some cases and sort of traditional masculinity to succeed because that's the way that we're shown success is possible. Um, and for me, I think there was a lot of that there. I think I was just like determined to be traditionally successful um, at the, you know, at the behest of my own happiness, my own fulfillment <laughs> without realizing it. And um, I, yeah, I do think that has a lot to answer for. I also, you know, I, a, a lot of my teenage life into early adulthood was, centered around sport as well like right. I played a really high level of rugby um for a lot of my life and obviously that has its own stigmas its own yeah. um attachments to the world of masculinity and there's so much healthy masculinity in in rugby and from like a camaraderie perspective a teamwork perspective a courage perspective a strength perspective but also a lot of toxic traits in there as well um and so I think I spent my time in what I thought were the right, I was, I was fitting in, I was trying to fit into what I thought was the right thing to do. And I think that gets people into all kinds of trouble when you end up forcing yourself into a box that maybe doesn't fit who you are at your yeah. core. Um, and that's before we even touch on, I guess, like the, the sides of being a man, which are just so centered around being emotionless not really feeling because i think that's the the next the next level of that when it comes to our mental health and our our sort of general emotional health too yeah absolutely i think well because men for so long are viewed as like the provider and you're the provider and so in order to provide you know like you said you you do have to take this traditional route because you're like fuck i've got to get started i've got to start providing because in a few years we're going to have kids and we're going to have a house so i think that almost ties into you don't have time to start saying, look, sometimes I feel not, I don't feel very good when I do this. And do you know what? Actually, I don't really like this. And I kind of just want to move to Portugal and learn to surf. Or actually, I don't really, because you're like, no, that's not, that's not for you. You know, that's, that's not it. You, you've got to go out and you've got to get this and provide because that's what dad did. And that's what granddad did. And it's, and it's difficult. And it's something I, I mean, for, for perspective, and, I, and you know, listeners may know, but this is more, more for you in this conversation. But I, because I traveled and things, my, my friendship group that I have, they all did the same thing as me. So what the funny thing is, within my friendship group of, of guys and all, you know, the girls as well and, and all that, 
there isn't that pressure. None of us, you know, a few of them live in London now. We're all in the UK, but there's none of that pressure because we all live this lifestyle of traveling and things like that. Yet I still feel enormous pressure. And I know a lot of the other boys do, but none of us, none of us give a shit. None of us are like, oh, look at my paycheck. I don't know people don't do this, but, you know, none of us ever try and flex on each other with how much money we're earning and stuff. And that just doesn't come into it. But I still feel the pressure, which I find really interesting. It's so ingrained in me that even my friendship group for the last decade doesn't change that. And that's mm. that's that's worrying, you know? Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's so deeply ingrained. It's so deeply rooted and it's... You know, I actually was writing writing an Instagram post earlier because you know you've got to keep up the engagement and, and the content, right? So content, mate. Content <laughs> writing, is king. Yeah, content is king. And I was just writing this post, and I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. And it basically just talks about, um, I guess, what what I've described in the post is like this journey back to human. Like, how can we connect back to what it means just to be human rather than anything else? And <laughs> stripping it all back and i think that's what we're seeing is you know not to talk too much about covid but the pandemic has massively made people reassess their priorities it's massively made people realize in in some cases in the strongest sense like the error of their ways up to this point yeah. and people are now going who am i you know without this job or without you know going to be at one every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with my colleagues, like, who am I? What do I enjoy? What am I passionate about? And it's left people in some cases in a bit of an existential crisis in like a personal crisis of who like identity crisis. But in a lot of other cases, it's really turned people's open people's eyes to the other ways to live. And, you know, lots of people moving out of London, lots of people leaving their jobs to start things they're passionate about. So many of these examples, and I think it's really positive, but it is also a really strong countercultural reaction to the way we've been living for so long. And I think it's really interesting to hear from your perspective that you still feel that pressure, even though it's not been a part of your life for so long. Like, I think that just goes to show how deeply ingrained it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, COVID's been been remarkable for it. And I've I've always been a huge proponent of having having something that is not in no way related to your career that you love doing, that you can devote time to for a few hours a week. I mean, just before we hit record, I saw you put on Instagram that you're about to start um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So I I started that in I started it in January 2020, but I did it for a month or two. Then obviously everything shut. And then I started again in May this year. Um, and and I'm, I'm obsessed with it, but I'm also very lucky. I found, I found windsurfing when I was 18 years old and that's what I was doing all those years abroad for 10 years and all this and teaching it and stuff. So I feel very fortunate that I found that thing that like that forms a part of my identity and it's nothing to do with my job, you know? So when I sit down and have a conversation, I'm like, I, I don't, I hate it when people, the first thing they ask you when you meet them is, what do you do? I hate it. And I try and deflect. I was in London a few weeks ago and I was just with friends who, and their, their friends came along and, you know, first thing they say, so what do you do? And I just, I managed to deflect it and just not talk about it. But I was like, why is that the first thing we ask? You know, shouldn't it be, what, what do you like doing? What, 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 what are you passionate about? What, what beer are you drinking? Oh, I've had that one. I've had this one. You know, have a real conversation with someone rather than just, what do you do? And then secretly you ask them what do you do? Because in your brain, you want to be like, 
am I more successful than they are? Am I better? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting as well because, you know, I actually find, and it's, it's an interesting one, when you start doing work-wise something that you really care about and that you love, that question gets a lot easier to be asked. But actually I find then when I ask in reverse and someone says, oh, I'm an accountant, I don't have a follow-up question. You're like this, because, yeah. Because I know they probably, and this is not a catch-all because there are some people who just love being an accountant, but like I know they probably don't care or want to talk about what that means day to day. And I know I don't care. Yeah. So, I saw, I saw a post the other day, I think it was from Adam Grant that was like, we need to stop asking what do you do and start asking what do you love to do, which yeah. is the point you were making, right? It's like, and also to pick up on the beer conversation, I, I see for anybody listening and they're not watching that you're drinking days, which is my new favorite alcohol free oh, beer. So they've been they've been they've been sending me beers for most of this year and it is it's great. Otherwise, otherwise it would be because I usually have a beer with every podcast, but otherwise it's three o'clock in the afternoon and I'll be sitting having a you know couple of cans and I'm like, that's not what exactly. I need to do. You know, exactly. Um, yeah, no, any yeah, huge shout out to uh today's brewing. They do a lot of stuff for mental health. Um, and yeah, I'm very fortunate they've been, I suppose I could say they've been sponsoring the podcast for a while. Um, so yeah, make sure you check them out. That's good. That's good, Jamie. You're keeping me on my toes, mate. You're keeping me promoting content, yeah, baby. Just got to, gotta keep the gotta keep them happy, mate. Gotta keep Absolutely. the brands happy. Absolutely. But <laughs> I, I love I love that point of of what you said of you know, it, it is so important. And I think as to 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 kind of talk about what you love to do and take pride in it as well, you know, and, and people are never more excited than when they're talking about themselves doing something that they love doing. Like you'll never, you'll never get more conversation out of me than if you ask me about windsurfing and what tricks I'm learning and I will sit there for hours or, or, you know, read more recently jujitsu or, or something like that or, or surfing. But, you know, if you want to talk to me about my day job, I'm like, that's another great thing. And, and oh, I'm, I've, I've seamlessly transitioned into the next thing to talk about. But um, and maybe you can speak to this because I know, as you said, you, you know, you're in the breathwork thing and you're, you're doing that. Um, having these things and sometimes for, for me, I've got my, my job that I do. Um, I work freelance doing all that stuff. But then I've got the podcast and a lot of people assume the podcast is my job. So they talk to me about that mm. first. And I'm like, yeah, let's talk about that. And they're like, so how do you, how do you earn money from it? And I'm like, oh, it's, I, I do, I do a different thing for money, but I was like, let's talk about this. Is, is that something that you've had? And obviously you've transitioned, as you said, from a far more traditional lifestyle. What's that conversation, I guess, been like when someone comes up and says, so what do you, what do you do? How, how do you actually answer that now? Which of the things that you do, do you kind of like to like to push or does it, does it change? It definitely changes. Um, I, and I, I, I'm trying to move away from being as adaptable as I, I, I'm a bit of a historical people pleaser. And so I sort of adapt and change my answer depending on what I think people want to hear. Not to an extreme level, but I know if I say to someone, I'm a breathwork coach, I'll instantly know if they'll be like, oh, that's so interesting. Or they'll be like, what the fuck is that <laughs> um so that's sort of where i where i pitch myself but i'll usually say at the moment just because breathwork is my like it is my job to a certain extent like it's my main source of income um i'll usually lead with that but i'll always talk about sort of you know my work really centering around mental and emotional health and wellness um so yeah that's sort of what i would lead with but i def i definitely found um 
when I first went full time on it. And also when I first started just doing this stuff, there were some conversations where there was like a slightly, um, I guess, sympathetic or almost slightly patronizing in some cases where people were like, oh, that's yeah. cool. I'm yeah. like, and they're just thinking that I'm going to end up, you know, living off, living, living on the doll, destitute. Yeah. yeah, they'll be like, but you're leaving your, you know, you're leaving your tech job. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I am. I'm very, ha- very happy. Thanks for noticing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting one for sure. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's so, that's, I'm so glad you said that of the, you know, like, yeah, people almost think you're doing it because you've got no other option. You know, they think you're, they think you're doing this because they're like, oh, well, he's, he's doing what he likes doing, you know, rather than because, he you know, he's struggling to find a real job. And it's like yeah. that, that's something uh, and regular listeners will know that this is always something that has really, really bothered me. But um, for me, working as a windsurfing instructor for so many years abroad and, and doing all this and all the guests that would come out on holiday, bearing in mind, this is in Greece. People pay a lot of money to come out and, and do the you know, be on holiday and stuff. And I'd be the instructor. And and they 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 joke around, you know, when you're teaching them. They're oh, so when when you get a proper job, then. And I'm like, I'm teaching you the thing that you love most in this world that you get your two weeks a year to come and do. And without me, you will never get better at it. Like, how how is this not a proper job? You know exactly. And and it's yeah. always it's always something that that really really pissed me off. I'm like, how how do you what do you define a proper job as? A job is something that earns you money and allows you to facilitate transactions in order to keep living i suppose and like i was doing that as a windsurf instructor and i was immensely happy probably the happiest i've ever been in my life so i'm like ha. It, 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 it's just something that really confused me um Definitely. And, uh, yeah yeah do you mind if um, i just take a quick pause that the dog's kicking off yeah absolutely pause it uh, yeah, uh, proper jobs. Like it, it, it's always just confused me the whole in idea of like, so you know, what the fuck is a proper job? Like, to, yeah, it, it, it always it's something that really grinds my gears. It's something I've talked about a lot on the podcast before, but again, it, it's just my personal experience. But I guess you, you've almost like gone the opposite way of you had the proper job and then you left the proper job. So people are looking at it from the other side, being like, why did he? Why did he leave his proper mm. job rather than my side of when are you getting a proper job? You know, exactly. And I, I'm, I'm super grateful. Like I, I definitely had some thoughts maybe in the back of my head from a, a younger version of myself that was like, are my parents going to, you know, disown me for, you know, giving up, giving up my proper job and, and try and try and something different that's going to be a bit more or potentially more fulfilling. And I do, I think, there's there's an interesting conversation around this as well because i now now that i do something that i love and i do it every day and i can work on my own timetable and i can do basically whatever i want and i'm very grateful for that i have to try really hard not try really hard but i have to be conscious of the fact that maybe that's not for everyone like i was i was chatting to someone the other day like i know people that really enjoy their proper job and they have things outside of that that they love and they do those and they see their friends and they're very happy and so I think there can be a slight over like fetishization of 
like this purpose-driven work where it's like you have to find something you love and you have to make a living from it because there are you know there are dark sides to self-employment there are dark yeah. sides to working on something you're passionate on like if for a lot of people you can start doing what you love for a living and end up hating it yeah. and because you have to make money from it and all of a sudden you can't do it in the way you want to do it anymore and so I think it's just important always to remember the nuance when it comes to this stuff it's like what you do might work for you and it works you know what I do works for me but that's not going to be for everyone I think we have to acknowledge that and like appreciate that Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot to be said, you know, a, a lot of people love to just, you know, leave, leave work at the door. You know, they love right five o'clock I've, I've clocked out and now I'm, now I go and I'm, I'm a different person. Um, and I know, I know I've got a lot of friends that, that did the season air lifestyle with me that have now transitioned into jobs like that. And they seem really happy. You know, they, my, my girlfriend's a teacher. I mean, if I say she's happy, I might be lying, but you know, she, she very much tries to leave her work at the door and, and come home. Um, and then she's like, right, cool. I'm, I'm done. You know, um, I think, yeah, there's, there's a lot to be said. I like that. I like the word fetishization that that is true. There is, but you see it everywhere. You know, I post a lot about it, you know, everywhere is going start a side hustle, side hustle, this side hustle, that. And it's like, a lot of people don't want to do that. They do want to come home and whether it is, they go to a CrossFit class after they finish work or they go and sit on the sofa and watch Netflix or they go and eat some food with friends. Some people just want to outside of work, chill. You know, and that's absolutely fine. And a lot of jobs as well, I would say, don't allow you the the time or the mental capacity to to be forced into this like side hustle. This, you know, you like one of my best friends uh, growing up, he, you know, up in Scotland. He he's a nurse now, you know, and he works night shifts and he does all this and all that. Like, what's he meant to do? Come home and start a fucking drop shipping business because someone is telling him that that's what he should be doing to be successful. It's like he's not he, that's that's just not an option you know um so yeah that that, yeah. Is, a, that is a very good point and actually I've, I've not actually heard many people talk about it from from that side you know too often it's a positive of do it do this and go out on your own and do all this but actually sometimes people are like no i can't be asked with that you know yeah i think it's it's about making you know making your life work for you yeah and that looks so different to everyone and so i think it's it's actually you know one of the big downsides of social media and I'm not sure I want to go down that rabbit hole of just bashing social media because it seems to be all I do on podcasts at the moment but <laughs> it's one of the da- the downsides it's just this massive overgeneralization where it's like you have to do this this will make you happy it's yeah. like no 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 the way to figure out what makes you happy is to figure out what makes you happy by <laughs> trying different things Try and finding what works for you exactly yeah. and what works for someone else isn't going to work for you. People bask, bash CrossFit all the time to take the example you gave. And there are thousands and millions of people who absolutely love it. So there's just always going to be differences and we're all unique. So I think it's just so key to, to hold on to that for anybody who is feeling like they have to find their purpose or they have to start that side hustle. But yeah, absolutely. But also to, to go on to that as well, it's something for, for me, for, for many many years I was very like one track mind I was like windsurfing is cool everything else is kind of lame I was like why do people do this why do people play cricket why do people do that I'm like that's weird but I think I think it's a it's a part of getting older as well of like suddenly I appreciate I'm like damn it ever pretty much everything is actually pretty cool when you look at it like all these activities people do in sports I'm like yeah they're pretty cool but also realizing uh, you'll you'll learn who John Danaher is as you get into jiu-jitsu. You may already know who he is. 
But he he has this thing where he says in five years, a person can completely change who they are. And I kind of completely agree with that. I am a completely different human to who I was five years ago, like completely different. You know, if I met my 25 year old self now, I'd be like, you are a moron. Like why, you know, why you're so close minded and narrow minded. But again, a lot of people think that's negative, but it's not. I think it's positive. Like you're allowed to change who you are. You're allowed to like find something new and and decide that that's what you like doing now and and do all this stuff actually yeah i did make fun of crossfit a couple of years ago i thought it was kind of lame but actually now i've started it it makes me feel amazing you know and that's fine and you're allowed to do it but i think the importance of what you said there was social media maybe we'll leave it there on social media because you're mm. right we, we could we could have a two-hour conversation just about that and I, and I have done on previous episodes where as soon as social media comes in but the biggest thing for me on social media is that the comparison element of seeing someone else doing CrossFit or something. And rather than going, Oh, CrossFit looks actually CrossFit looks all right. Maybe I'll start. Instead of that, they look at the person doing it and go, Oh Christ, they've got a six pack and everyone can see it, but I don't have a six pack. So I, I don't think I can go to CrossFit because you need a six pack to go to CrossFit, you know, or there's all, all these comparisons to make. And I think that's the really damaging aspect. And that's what stops people trying new things because they look at who's already doing it and they go, I, I can't do that. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think um, it's something that we have to connect back into as, as adults is this idea of like starting again and being bad at something. And it's something I actually really relish now. Like I was, always pretty good at most things I tried and but that was because I probably only tried things that I knew I was going to be good at because I was so afraid of being bad at things and I am a very naturally risk averse person and so I've gotten into my adult life and I'm not trying anything that's that I'm going to be bad at because that's in, embarrassing in quote quote marks as, a, as an adult and I remember I my girlfriend and I both really wanted to take up skateboarding and I remember I was skating through a park once very early on and I stacked it so bad, like fell flat on my ass. And I was like, I really hope no one saw. And then this, this builder walked past, he goes, way. I was mortified. And it was just, I just laughed. I was just like, that is so funny. Um, And it's, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about my first um, jujitsu session, but I'm more excited and there's such a fine line between those two emotions. And I'm, I'm really excited to be a complete novice and to get my ass kicked and to get choked out by someone yeah. better than me who's pro- who probably weighs like 20 kilos less than me. I'm like, I'm very ready for that. But I think it's a really important, like that childlike naivety and like the joy that that can bring when you're just going into something and doing it for the sake of doing it rather than doing it to put a post up on Instagram or doing it to show off to people or whatever it might be Mm. just doing it because you want to do it is what we're all missing quite a lot of. And I think that's what we need to connect back into is just doing stuff for the love of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, for for me, the the love with jujitsu, and I guess you've got this because as you said, you you do a lot of other sports, but the reason I love jujitsu so much is because I suck at it and I am so new to it, but because I have other things that I still do regularly that I'm, I can, well, that I'm, I'm good at, that I'm good at. I kind of, even when I'm getting choked out in jujitsu and I'm like, Oh God, I suck at this. I'm like, yeah, but, and this maybe sounds really egotistical, but I'm like, yeah, but I'm really good at that other thing. And none of these guys can do that. And that, that does make me feel better about it. And so far 
I, I've never been frustrated leaving a jiu-jitsu session. I've never been like, oh, why wasn't I better? Because I'm like, do you know what? I, I don't care. I'm just, I just want to enjoy this and improve at it. And the improvement does come, but because I have this other thing that I'm good at, I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm good at that. One day I might be good at this as well, but for now I'm good at that and I suck at this. You know, and I, like you yeah. said, I think I think it's so important that we have, well, as I said at the start, something not applied to our career that we love doing and that we can improve at, you know? Yeah. I think that's absolutely. I th- yeah. I, I just think there is so much value in being bad at stuff. You know, people will talk <laughs> about how, how dangerous your comfort zone is because if you're comfortable, then growth doesn't happen. Like you have no need to grow. You have no motivation to grow. And so you do need, and I think it's an ego check. It's a reality check. It's, you know, it's just, it, it's very humbling to be bad at something because it reminds you of your humanity. Yeah. And I think that is, it's, it's a powerful thing. It comes back to the idea of connecting back in that like journey back to humans. So yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to being fucking terrible at jujitsu. Oh mate, on, honestly. And I like, for something to kind of humble you and bring you back down to earth and, and make you realize that we are just like driving these weird, like meat skeletons around. Like there is nothing better than that kind of like primal urge of just like essentially simulating murder on someone like, and it yeah. sounds intimidating, but honestly it's not, it's one of the friendliest communities I've ever been in. Uh, funny. Like the first time I went last January and I was a bit, I was a lot more nervous than I am now. And, and, you know, this, I was still kind of getting over, um 2019 and i decided to start jiu-jitsu because i'd seen a couple of surfers doing it and i was like oh i, I want to do this and a couple of my friends did it um and i walked up to the gym looked in the window saw everyone putting their geese on and getting changed and i was like i can't do this and i went back to the car and sat in the car for a few minutes and then i was like i can do this and i did that about three times before coming to the door and someone was already going in and i was like oh hi and i just walked in with them and then uh, the guy jack who I've now had, I've since had on the podcast, but Jack, the, um, the, the instructor, um, he kind of came up and was like, Hey mate, you're new. And he was like, it's great to have new person. He was like, first session's free. And he, you know, sorted, sorted me out with a, a, a gi and everything like that. And it was, it was uh, honestly, it was like, I left like feeling elated. I was like, I can't believe this. This was, it was so yeah. good. And they don't, they don't treat you like a baby at the start as well. They don't go, right, you've got to go in the corner and learn all the words and how it works. They just throw you in. They, you know, they, they do the tuition like in a circle or something. My, my instructor now, Dean, said to me, and he was like, wherever you go in, you just start the circle there of the tuition. and It will just keep rolling around. So if you go there and then someone else starts four weeks later, that's where they enter. And you just learn from that. And other people will know stuff that you don't, but you know it, it's there is no like baby steps you're just thrown straight in and you're like let's let's have a go and you're wearing a yeah. belt people know you've got a white belt on like you're gonna suck but like, I'm, I'm still a white belt and i absolutely suck but yeah it's it's honestly it's awesome i'm yeah I've, i'm recovering from a torn mcl but i'm i'm going back on friday for the first time in a long time so you'll yeah, enjoy it amazing, mate. you'll love man. it you love yeah, it. I think I think it's the it's the same with a lot of these activities, and there's a bit of a thread to them. I think in terms of they put you into a very like present, almost like flow state. Because yeah. for me, like I can already tell that jujitsu, I hope, is going to be something I love because of, as you said, that community element, that humility element, that 
constant continuous progression and learning and it's the same for me as surfing like i'm not a good surfer but it's probably my favorite thing to do outside of you know outside of work but yeah i'm not good at it but i get better every time i go and sometimes i get my ass completely kicked and i almost drown but i know i'll be all right and i'll get back up on the board at some point and i'll get out and i'll have a i'll have a sulk and then i'll get back in and it's just it's the fun it's the joy of doing it and i think that's why there's so much respect and humility in BJJ and in surfing because everyone started somewhere and everyone is always trying to get better. So I think that's where, wherever a lot of, a lot of it comes from. Absolutely. And then um, two, two of the most important aspects of both of those sports, interestingly enough, are, uh, are breathing. So you're obviously going to be well prepared on that side of it. You you mentioned it um, briefly. That's kind of your main source of income and it's not really, something I've spoken that much about, but I'm, I'm acutely aware of how important it is because it's, it's helped me before when I've had a panic attack or something like that. And, you know, um, wh- why, why breathing was that something that, that kind of came to you? Was it something you've always practiced? Um, and, and how, how does, how does that all work? I guess is the easiest question for me yeah. to ask. <laughs> yeah, I think I, we can go, we can go sort of right, right back to the, the beginnings of it all um well well my puppy tries to choke herself out in her cage um <laughs> so um the i guess for me it came it came as part of that journey that i went through in 2019 of, of trying to figure out what would help me and um i guess to describe to people who might be completely new to this idea of breath work what it is it really at the core of it describes any way we can use our breath to change how we feel physically, mentally, or emotionally. So it's this quite big, broad spectrum of how we breathe linking to how we feel. And it's a really key part of the mind body connection. And the interesting thing that I think I always like to draw some attention to is I teach across a a lot of different modalities of breath work. You know, I work with people on how to breathe day-to-day moment to moment during exercise at rest during sleep sort of the basics of like respiratory health but i also work on the deeper end of the spectrum which is around emotional healing trauma healing um releasing and this is where it starts to get a little bit more out there for some people releasing emotional energy that might be held within the body and I wouldn't be able to say that with a straight face if I hadn't experienced it myself. Like I I know how that sounds to some people because I was that person about three and a half years ago where someone said, come to breath work. I'm like, what is it? And they told me, I was like, fuck off. (laughs) Um, And then I experienced it and it changed my life. Like I know it's a cliche, but it massively changed my life. I, I really put so much of my continued growth, but also that initial move out of the really dark times down to breath work and that is both looking at how i breathe day to day moment to moment using my breath in simple ways to manage stress anxiety energy levels and then using it also to tap into almost what is considered an altered state of consciousness where you're able to work through emotional baggage that is held in the body so there's so much to it for something that is as simple as breathing, but hopefully people can tell from, I guess, the way I describe it, that not only is it something that I'm really passionate about, but also I know for a skeptic, it can be tough to get your head around the fact that 
oh mate i've been breathing all my life why do i need you to tell me how to breathe like there's so much more to it than that and that is kind of, a lot of the work that i do is to try and appeal to that person because right. i was that person so i'm yeah, nice. all about making it as accessible as possible trying to speak to you know myself when i was 23 24 thought meditation was for hippies thought breathwork was something that you know only the most out there people did and it wasn't even something i'd heard of at that point and so there's a lot to it there's there's a lot of different ways we can use our breath um we're seeing a lot of amazing awareness raised around it now both in in terms of the functional breathing side of things the respiratory health you know people like Israel Adesanya from UFC world. He's big into his breath work and um, golfers. It's massive in MMA and, and BJJ. Um, and also at the deeper end of the spectrum, you know, I'm, I'm having people come to my classes that probably traditionally wouldn't have tried it. And, and it's really helping them. It's really yeah. showing them how it can, how they can help themselves. And I think that's a big part of it is actually giving people tools that they can help themselves with um and also it's connecting people to something a little bit deeper um it's connecting people to their spirituality in a way that they might not have expected to so um quite a, a long and windy answer but hopefully some bits in there that people can can take away and, and relate to yeah absolutely i mean it's definitely it's definitely you know something that's worked for me like when i've had a panic attack before i, I always remember one when i was in the car and i was like driving home and i remember being like right just and, and my, my girlfriend was driving, but I was sitting in the car and I was like, right, let's, you know, freaking out. And she was like, just slow it down and breathe. And as soon as I did that, I was like, oh, this is getting better. This is getting better, you know. Mm. But it's one of those funny things, you know, when you, you know, when, when, I think there's a difference, isn't there, between like unconscious and conscious breathing. I know nothing about this, by the way. I'm a complete moron when it comes to this. But like. Certainly for me, I've had times where like, you know, when you think about your breathing and then you're like, I've got no air left. I've got no air left because, you, you know, you're like consciously trying to breathe. So there's to me, that's the maximum I've ever done is you, when you, you know, when you get that feeling, I'm sure everyone listening knows as well. So when, when you get that feeling that goes to show that like there is something going on there, isn't there? There is there is something when you actually think about it, something something does switch a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to pause again, mate. And then I'm going to answer that question because it feels like a good place that I can come back to. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting point because I think quite often it's a, a good but potentially irritating byproduct for people of my work is that because they know what I do, they are instantly thinking about how they breathe. Yeah, And, yeah. and I think people can get themselves in that headspace of like, I didn't even know I could breathe wrong. And so <laughs> I didn't know there was a way of doing it wrong. But the thing is, we're, we're all breathing without thinking about it. And that's the, the beauty of it is that we can. Yeah. But for a lot of us, we do it in a way that isn't optimal for our physical and our mental health. And so the first step is almost that slight reality check of thinking more about how you're breathing. Yeah. And that can have that slightly negative, like, oh, God, I can't, I can't feel, I, I don't know how to breathe. I, I, I've been doing this my whole life. How can I yeah. forget now? <laughs> um, like it, and yeah. so that's like the first step. But once you have, I guess, that awareness, that understanding to begin with, then you can start to 
change it and you can start to actually use it to your benefit. And I think that's what I see more and more is like people start with that slightly uncomfortable realization, but then get themselves to a place where it's a benefit to be thinking more about their breathing. And I guess that's part of part of my mission is to bring more awareness to just breathing better, breathing more consciously, but not in a way that is sort of anxiety inducing. I don't want people to be thinking about their breath all the time because that would be exhausting, but just to use it almost as a way to check back in with yourself, to check back in with how you're feeling and, you know, where you're at in a given day and a given moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't meditate or, or, or anything like that, but I, I kind of stretch every day because I've got a few injuries. Um, so I, I tend to sit for 10 or 15 minutes and I'll sit there and I'll just put a podcast on or something, something I'll watch, uh, listen, listen to something and I'll kind of just sit. Sometimes I'll just sit there and close my eyes and like breathe slowly, cross-legged for a little bit and just see how it goes. And usually yeah, you do get to this like, yeah, transcendental state, I suppose, where you're like, oh, this is it's pretty cool. And then you do you do feel very relaxed and chilled after it. Um, and I've never really been able to put my finger on why. And and certainly for me, and you, you I guess you'll find it in jujitsu as well. But like when you've got someone literally like sitting on top of you and you're like trying to breathe, certainly for me, stopping and going, right, let's control my breathing as the first thing to do. Um, that's always been the the thing that's helped help me in that situation the most, you know, in a situation that you could call extreme stress, the first, the first port of call has been controlling my breathing and that's always helped me. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's the best place to start, mate, to be completely honest. That is my, I think when I think about the, the thing that stuck with me, the strongest and the longest from the work that I do, it's that exact process of, And I do it now without, before it was a conscious thing. Now it's an unconscious thing. It's, you know, how do I feel right now? Uh, you know, do I feel a bit off? Do I feel a bit sluggish, a bit lethargic? Do I feel a bit amped up? Do I feel a bit jittery? Whatever that is, whatever that off feeling is, how am I breathing? That's the next question. And then based on that, how can I change my breathing to change how I feel? And so it's this process of, awareness of your breath but then also the conscious ability to change the breath in order to influence how you feel and so it's just a really simple you know simple yet unbelievably powerful tool that we all slightly underestimate um and so i think that for me is is the message that i want to get across to people yeah absolutely yeah yeah breathe breathe a bit more and actually think about it um yeah well as i said for, for, you know, and especially for you, you know, jujitsu and surfing and they're two, two sports I do a lot as well. Um, they're definitely like two of the most important aspects. And I guess every sport in general, every time you're being physically active, if you can regulate your breathing. You're always going to perform better. So it makes sense to do it in, uh, in, in daily life as well. Um, so to kind of wrap up then, Jamie, I usually have a few uh, quick fire questions. I mean, we've already answered the beer question with the day's brewing, so I, I can kind of leave that one there, but, um, given everything that's happened over the last year and a half, this, this question has taken on a, a new level of poignance. But um, if you could click your fingers right now, where, where would you be? Where's your, where's your happy place? It's a very good question. I think um, it's probably on a living, looking at the sea in Cornwall, 
I think that for me is like a, it's probably a, a slightly more five to 10 year plan is to move down that way. Yeah. Um, but by the ocean, wake up in the morning, go for a surf, come back, um, teach people how to breathe, go for a surf at lunch, just, you know, live a really nice pace of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would probably be somewhere like St. Agnes, somewhere like Perrinforth down, down on that North coast of Cornwall. Yeah. Speaking my language, man. I was in Newquay last week. It was amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, on top of, you know, all, all this other stuff I, I quite like doing, I'm a huge, uh, I suppose you could call me a nerd. Uh, I'm a huge movie, movie fan, TV, everything like that. Um, what have you, what have you been watching recently? What have you been checking out? I mean, you know, we've got some good films in the cinema, but what, what have you been, what have you been watching? And, and is that something that you, you kind of consume as well? Yeah, it's something I, I've had a, a, a long, I, I love films. I, I really do, but it's something I've probably neglected a little bit as I've gone quite deep into self-employment, just from like a time perspective. I've, I've fallen into this trap of feeling like I need to, I need to focus on work. I need to get shit done and maybe neglected that ever so slightly. Um, what I've watched recently, what have we watched recently? I watched um, the one that's been doing the rounds on Netflix, Army of Thieves. Um, oh yeah, which is, yeah yeah with the the bank heist sort of vibe that that was was interesting i i thought it was decent um my girlfriend and i've been watching the new gwyneth paltrow sex love and goop series yeah 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 yeah. well worth a watch for i i think for any blokes it's a it's an education and that's coming from someone who's already fairly well immersed in that kind of conversation it's a real eye-opener um, and they talk a bit about breathwork, so I'm slightly biased. So okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, I loved, I really loved Squid Game. I know everybody did, but for me, that was was pretty pretty fantastic. And yeah. tied to that, I love Parasite as well, the movie. Yeah. Um, that sort of social commentary, violence, slightly dark humor. Um, it's definitely definitely been a, a a, a real favorite of mine i really love films like the lobster i don't know if you know that that line of films um so slightly more arty independent um some people probably call wanky um, <laughs> so <laughs> um so yeah i i really love movie. I, i'm yet to see june that's that's pretty high up on my list i really want to see june have you read um, the book worth a what i haven't read the book no uh, okay yeah i i read i read the book this year i read the book um after it got delayed, I was like, sweet, I've got time to read the book. So I've, I've read, uh, I read the book over the summer, me and all my friends. And we uh, are pretty, I'm pretty obsessed with it at the moment, to be honest. I've, I've got very, yeah. very into like the lore and I listen to the soundtrack every single day. And it's, yeah, go and go and see that if you can. That was, that was going to be the only thing I would say is go and watch June. It's, yeah. it's, what, it, I, it's straight, straight into like one of the best films I've ever seen. I think it's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. High praise. High, high praise. praise. High praise. Yeah, mate, definitely. Um, well, yeah, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on us. Yeah, I always, always love talking to, you know, people that do podcasts and, and, and things like that and are involved in this mental health space. You know, I, I have a lot of people from kind of water sports on and, and it's usually quite a different conversation, but it's it's always amazing to uh, to have these conversations as well. And I hope um, hope everyone can take something from it. Where where can people find uh, information about about what you're up to? 
Yeah, so I have two Instagram accounts, which is a pain in the ass, um, <laughs> but they, they, they each serve a different purpose. So um, I talk mostly about mental health, masculinity and the podcast, which is called Man Down on my Instagram, which is at Jamie Clements underscore. Um, you can find the podcast under Man Down, Anti-Man Up Movement on wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and then for breath work, um, at the underscore breath underscore space on Instagram and the breathspace.co.uk is my website. Um, lots of opportunities to get involved with breathwork bits and pieces coming up um, and new season of the podcast coming out in January. Bang, bang. There we go. Bang, bang, yeah, bang. guys, uh, make sure you check out uh, what Jamie's up to, especially because he's just got a very cute puppy um, and she has interrupted this podcast a couple of times, but she's very cute. So we'll let her get away with it. But I'm sure you'll be able to see some, some pictures of her. And let's face it, if we're not here for the dog content, then why are we here? Um, you can also exactly. find me. Yeah, exactly. You can also find me on Instagram, guys, uh, at the After Hours Lounge. Um, and yeah, you can check out on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever else you cast your pods. Um, you can also donate by the link in my bio. You can buy me a beer. Uh, as I said, all this talking is thirsty work. Um, so yeah, you can, you can do that as well. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, and we will see you guys for the next one.